I've never been more sick more often in my life than when the person I live with started working at a school with children. Yeah. Yeah. Them's uh, little Petri dishes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of my very close friends is a school nurse. And girl. <laughs> Elliot was like, nobody at your... Because he said everybody at his work is like going down. Like everyone's getting sick. And then uh, got home and was like, nobody at your work is getting sick? I was like, no, I work with adults. We all wash yeah. our hands. Yeah. And, none and we of don't pick our noses. Other. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Where's that girl with the list? Yeah. Haley doesn't so, understand the reference, but that's okay. So I'm feeling better today. And I all sounded right. like warm garbage the other day. So I'm glad oh, we're honey, recording today and yes. not on Friday. Uh, we're recording mid-Super Bowl. It is on <laughs> yeah. a screen behind me right now. So if Caitlin wanted to watch over my head. Which I don't. Yeah. but It's halfway. Um, I My Super Bowl. Do we want to do our Super Bowl predictions before we get started? Oh, also, should... no. Before we get started, we should probably introduce ourselves, nah? Oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that would be smart. Um, I'm Caitlin, and that's Haley, and Hi. this is Crime Culture. And now, as part of our pop culture, in our true crime pop culture podcast, we'll get into our Super Bowl predictions. Do you have My any? prediction is that I couldn't give less of a shit, and I'm going to predict that maybe that feeling will uh, expand to giving absolutely no shit about the that's Super Bowl. That's fair. That's fair. That's true. Um, my prediction is a little more concrete, and it is that a team will win, and Taylor Swift will score the winning touchdown Wow! for that team. She's probably, just going to yeah. backflip out of that suite that she's probably in as she recovers from her thing in Japan. Yep. And yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe the halftime show will have her get married. I actually I just, know. I actually just watched the halftime show. It was Usher. I was very surprised oh. by how many Usher songs I actually knew. You should um, be. We went to high school in the I was 2010s. Gonna say, it felt like a 2007 dance. Yeah. Was like, he must have been on every single Now That's What I Call whatever soundtrack. In some capacity, because he was also responsible, like, behind the mixing board for a lot of like really famous tracks. I have not watched the halftime show yet. He did sing yeah, but in case people uh, Oh, he was missed it. I yeah. I would I would say he would have to sing yeah for like everyone in the stands would have come down to him if he didn't. Yeah, it was good. It would have been terrible. But anyway, um, that's not what we're here to talk about, Caitlin. No, it's not. And what we were originally here to talk about is also not what we're here to talk about. Yeah, explain explain um, to the people. Yes. So, we, I, um, it's just me here. Uh, hey. There's an episode that was supposed to go up today. And in working on this episode, I said to myself, you know what? This is looking like it's going to need to be a Spooktober episode based on its content instead of a year-round episode. So we have done a little pivot. wipe swap or a pivot, either of those, um, both early 2000s TV shows, 
Um, and we are going to do a little something else. Um, and Haley, I'm real glad you're feeling better because so tune in, tune in for Spooktober. This is a very early plug for Spooktober. Wow. Yeah. Um, but tune in for Spooktober. Um, it's going to be a fun time. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe we'll figure out if we can drop that spoiler somewhere of what one of the Spooktober episodes is going to be. Maybe. We'll think about it. We'll, 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 we'll sit on that. We'll, we'll make a consideration. Um, but in the meantime, I'm, Hale, I'm so glad you're feeling better because you're about to feel a whole lot worse. Oh no. <laughs> Today's episode is, I'm going to quiz Haley on <gasps> real cases from Criminal Minds. <laughs> Pop quiz, hot shot. <laughs> ah, this is going to be sick. Um. I'm, I'm gonna do real bad on this one yeah that was my so here's the thing i think that your wheelhouse is law and order yeah i've never watched criminal minds yes i think my wheelhouse is criminal minds because okay. i there are fewer episodes of it first of all um Criminal Minds ended in 2020 after 15 seasons, whereas SVU is on what it's like 30 something. Thir- yeah, I want to say it's it's fewer than SNL, more than you'd expect. Looking it up right now. Hold on. <laughs> oh, it's actually only 25 seasons. Oh, only. I mean, that's still. I think it's the only, longest only running in the loosest term. It. I believe it's it the is. longest running Dick Wolf production. I think at the very least. Yeah. But yeah, so I figured, okay, I, I, my mom went through a Shamar Moore phase. So growing up, we saw a fair amount of criminal minds. Um, did that plant the true crime seed? Who knows? But yeah, so for those who don't know, criminal minds focuses on the FBI's behavioral analysis unit, AKA BAU, and they track down major criminals typically killers not always um who they call unsubs which stands for unidentified subjects and like i said it ended after 15 seasons in 2020 but they actually just brought it back on paramount plus as criminal minds evolution in november 2022 uh so it's still going and are these from criminal minds are these from criminal minds evolution I wouldn't know. The no, difference. they're all from Criminal Minds. Um, <laughs> well, hopefully you'll know what these real life cases are that these I already know. Are based on. So I already know I'm going to do very bad, but I do encourage everybody who's listening <laughs> to keep track to how many you get right. Uh, if you would like to let us know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We also have a Discord. Uh, definitely we'll be talking about this in the Discord message us on any of our social media and we'll give you that link to the discord yeah and or you could email us crimeculturepod at gmail.com um yeah just request the link and we will send it to you uh we have a bunch of people in there and it's a fun time it is a fun time yeah and you don't even have to you can just lurk you can you don't even have yeah. to like share you can share as much or as little as you want it's yeah. just a place where you can feel safe and free to be your kind weird self yeah 
So let's get started. All right. Let's 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 just rip off the band-aid. Quit delaying the inevitable. First Ted up Bundy. we have No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got so confused for a second because I actually did read the oh because I should tell you there's a there's a I decided to level the playing field for myself. Okay. Um which means that some of these episodes may not be based on real cases. Great. <laughs> and you have to tell me you have to tell me if you think it's based on a real case. Okay. And what that case is. Okay. Okay. All right. This is crueler than any quiz I've given you. So just just so you know, in the future, be prepared. Just be be aware. I keep having to up the ante. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing this to myself. It's it's just it's the masochist in me. Um so yeah. First up we have a shade of gray. It is on the original Criminal Mind series, season four, episode twenty-one. It aired on April twenty-second, two thousand nine, and it has an eight out of ten on IMDb. Okay. And the synopsis is: Kyle Murphy is third in the string of boys abducted from their homes in Camden County. The first two ultimately being found dead in the woods. For Captain Bill Lancaster chief police investigator working on the string of abductions. This case particularly hits home for him because he is friends with Kyle's family. Kyle even calls him uncle. Hmm. What begins as a missing child case ends in tragedy when Kyle's body is also found in the woods. As the FBI, the BAU, if you will, begins to investigate, they notice that there are slight differences between Kyle's abduction and the other two And when the FBI finds the person who they believe is the unsub, they are still uncertain if it has everything to do with Kyle's disappearance. Because at first, they blame it on a registered sex offender in the area, Hugh Rollins. However, Kyle's older brother, Danny, who has anger issues and shows signs of sociopathy, admitted to Emily Prentice, one of the profilers, Paget Brewster, we love her, that he was the one who fatally hurt kyle okay is that it yeah thoughts feelings it it definitely sounds like something that is plausible Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna say yes and and what case would you say that is can you can you give me like yes if it's a real case or no it's not sure yes it's a real case it is a real case I will give you so, this one. <laughs> okay. So at a like at the beginning, I'm hearing abduction. So my first thought is like something like a Lindbergh baby situation or a Johnny Gosh type situation. Um and then it turns out that it's not an abduction and it may be um accidental murder by a friend, family friend by his sibling. Brother. By by his actual brother. Yes. So is it like John Benet his... Ramsey, maybe? It is John Benet Ramsey. Okay. All right. Perfect. And you had me real nervous in the first half. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, well, because like the very the very first time, I'm trying to think of like cases as you're talking about it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so it is a string of 
murders, maybe kidnaps, uh, boy goes missing, body is later found. So I'm like, okay, let's try to think of like kidnapping cases. But yeah, once it becomes a, a sibling thing. I know yeah. your your stance on the John Benet Ramsey case, so Oh, I've got a stance, okay. We all know the stance. We'll hear the stance someday in full. Um big plans to do that one at some point. Yeah. Um we know you don't. So yes, this case is inspired by the unsolved murder of Jean Benet Ramsey in nineteen ninety six when she was six years old. Um among the many theories in this case is that her older brother Burke did it he could have done it accidentally and that his parents were protecting him um another detail in this episode that is also in line with the jean benet ramsey case is that the crime scene for kevin murphy's disappearance is also contaminated just like jean benet yeah. ramsey's was so you've got a one all right buckle up buttercup Next up, we have the episode True Genius. And again, Criminal Minds OG Season 7, Episode 11. It aired on November 7th, 2007. Um, and it has an 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb. And this has a fun guest star. Oh, the last episode also had a fun guest star. For those who are Star Trek fans, John Billingsley, Dr. Flocks on Star Trek Enterprise, was on the sh- A Shade of Grey. Okay. And on this episode, the True Genius, um, it guest stars Beth, Beth Dover from Orange is the New Black. Um, Never watched it. For, so for those, you'll know her when you see her. Um, for you, watch Orange is the New Black. What are you doing? I don't know. It's fully done now. You need to suffer as I suffered. Um, so the synopsis for this episode. Rossi, played by Joe Mantegna Hill. Uh, we love him. Big fan. Uh, he had been on retirement writing books, but is now returning full-time to the BAU. And he was grilled by his new colleagues, some of whom have never worked with him before this return, as to why he was coming out of his lucrative retirement. And his answers are vague, but the next case that he works on with the team is about four young brunette women who have gone missing from Great Falls, Montana, over uh, the course of 14 years. And the car belonging to the latest missing woman is spotted 40 minutes after her disappearance and is driven by this dude who purposely blows up himself and the car with a grenade when the police corner him. Yeah. Her body is not found in the wreckage. And all of the background with him, the guy and the grenade and the area of the country suggest that the militia is involved, which won't make it easy for the team because... The FBI is seen as an enemy, and so all of these missing women look like this guy's ex-wife, making the crime personal. However, the BAU come across some evidence that makes them realize that he was not working alone, and therefore, he's got a partner. And the young women of the area are not safe, despite the fact that this guy blew himself up. There's another one out there. Whoa. All right. It does sound pretty crazy. It does sound pretty crazy. You said four brunette women, and I'm like, oh, Ted Bundy. And then you say stolen car. uh, He blows blows himself up. Militia. And I'm like, oh, maybe Timothy McVeigh. And then you're like, all of the women resembled his ex-wife. And I'm like, okay, Ted Bundy. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> you just really want it to be Ted Bundy, I think. I get well. That's the only like the brunette, uh, specifically going after that type because they look like your ex. Like that is that is Bundy, obviously. Hmm. But the militia thing, I'm not really interested in many of those type of cases. I'm going to say Ted Bundy, and I know it's wrong. You are correct. I am correct. That you are wrong. Ah. <laughs> you bitch. That was, it was too easy. Um. So yeah, so this, this episode is actually based on the killer's Leonard Lake and Charles. Oh, Ng. Charles Ng. Yes. Mm-hmm. You don't know what I bring to friendship. Listen to the last podcast <laughs> on the left series about Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. Uh, yeah. So both of these guys were obsessive military fanatics who imprisoned mm. and relentlessly tortured and murdered women, though, in the case of Lake and Ang, they also killed men and children. They didn't just limit it to women. No, they didn't. Um, and they were inspired. Terrible dudes. By a little book called The Collector. They were! If you are interested in something like that, maybe continue listening to the podcast because maybe next week you will be intrigued by the topic I have chosen. Is it about collection? It is about something. I know what it's about. I'm looking at the the schedule, but (laughs) you never know. Tune in. Um, But yeah, so they kidnapped and imprisoned and tortured these people to force them to act as their slaves. Um, And also Lake killed himself before he Mm -hmm. could be convicted of these crimes. Um, So those are the those are the similarities as they were. Yeah. If you're looking at like the serial killer iceberg, like mm-hmm. uh, like the layers above, like that you could see yes. from the top, or like the Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, like all the guys we've talked about, pretty the much. Tumblr infographic. Yeah, uh, I would say Leonard Lake and Charles Ng are a little bit more under the surface. They're definitely like popular names, but like not as well known. Their stories aren't as talked about as some of like the the really big ones, um, and definitely hugely horrific. Yes, what they did is horrible. So terrible. Yeah, all we'll of these get to people those. are terrible. Yeah. Yes, we will get to these people. Uh, some of these people eventually. Um, but so, okay, next up, we have the episode Minimal Loss. Okay. It's on Criminal Minds, season four, episode three. Uh, it has an 8.2 on IMDb. And I forgot to write down the air date of this because I am very blonde but if we'll give it a minute i can look you're too busy trying to stump me yeah i was actually uh october 8th 2008 is when it aired for those who want to look because i know that some depending on what you use to look two days after your anniversary but also math uh a good like decade plus before well that that's exactly two days after we first got together. Wait, actually? Like 2008? Yeah. Oh my god. Math, bitch. I wasn't alive in 2008. Yeah. That's... You were dead then. That's how we say I that. I was dead then. I was yep. dead then. Um, 
that's upsetting. Thank you for telling me that. That was very it's humbling. Like it's, it's not like it's not a known fact. No, I mean that you're bringing up 2008 and having a correlation with... We just talked about the, Usher for like 15 minutes. Yeah, but Usher is... No, <laughs> no. We're not going to talk about how Yeah is 20 years old. Um, we're going to talk about the synopsis of this episode, okay? Sit Do the it. fuck down. I am. So, I have been the whole time. <laughs> no standing desk for me. Flexi spot. you want to sponsor us? I'll stand. God damn it. So... There's this guy, Benjamin Cyrus, who is played by the one, the only, the late Luke Perry. And uh, gorgeous man, R.I.P. Um, and I do mean gorgeous in all senses of the term, like good dude, good looking dude, mm-hmm. but also really good dude. Um, he is the leader of a fringe libertarian sect in La Plata, Colorado, and Authorities receive a 911 call from an, un- from an unidentified 15-year-old girl within that sect, stating that an adult male, assuming, assuming this is Cyrus, is having inappropriate sexual relations with the underage girls in the sect. As uh, undercover as child abuse interview experts, agents Spencer Reed and Prentice. We've talked about Emily Prentice before. Spencer Reed is another agent on the series. Um, they visit the sect's compound, Liberty Ranch, and with Reed and Prentice inside, Cyrus and his men, with a cache of weapons, lock down the compound when when Cyrus gets wind that a raid is imminent. As the rest of the BAU arrive outside the compound, they have to try and communicate secretly with Reed and Prentice inside to resolve the standoff. Meanwhile, Reed and Prentice have to maintain their cover, all the while trying to figure out who the 911 caller is and how they can have her help them while they help save her and the other women inside and children inside being held hostage uh like i said luke perry guest stars as the the main guy cyrus yep jenna boyd bailey from the sisterhood of the traveling pants r.i.p bailey uh she's in this joel murray is also in this who so the star of many seasons of criminal minds was thomas gibson Thomas Gibson was also the star of Dharma and Greg. Who was his co-star? It was Joel Murray. So it was like a little mini baby Dharma and Greg reunion. Okay. And yeah. So is this case real? Yeah. It seems pretty ripped from the headlines Waco, right? Is that your final answer? I mean, it sounded like it. I At the very beginning, I was thinking like the Warren Jeffs type thing. But then once you said that uh, they had a cache of weapons, they put everything on lockdown, fringe religion, I'm still going Waco. And if it's not, it's very, very similar. Okay. So final answer. Yeah. So this case is real. And it was inspired by David Koresh, the Branch Davidians. Yeah. And the Waco siege from 1993. Yeah. Um, I could see Luke Perry being a real good David Koresh. Yeah. Oh, is it Koresh? I I, I tried. It's I fine. could not. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, but yeah, actually, no, fuck that guy. I don't care how I pronounce his name. Never mind. I, I got lost for a sec. But yeah, no, I could see him. Like, and I mean, I would join that cult. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can see him. Like, I mean, it's, out it's of the like Ted a, Bundy type, I'm e- easily manipulated. Out of all of the the like weird cult leaders i would say david koresh is probably like 
one of the most attractive. I mean, he's Jim Jones. We're not trying to fan ourselves away from. Uh, Yeah, no, but I I mean more in the sense of like he seemed the most normal. Like, yeah, on page, like in we haven't done. I would not have been like this guy. Yeah, we haven't talked about Waco on the pod yet. Um, so we have to uh, stop ourselves before. We true, get into too true. many details because we haven't done all the research on it yet. But, um, yeah, that was a huge fumble by uh, the negotiators who were trying to get in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. The Waco tragedy resulted in the loss of 86 lives. Lots of children. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, so, yeah. So, the character of Benjamin Cyrus was inspired by, loosely based on David Koresh, he was the leader of the Branch Davidians, and also he. this character was based on the People's Temple cult leader, Jim Jones, mm. and Randy Weaver, the U.S. Marshal's primary reason of in, person of interest in the 1992 Ruby Ridge standoff. Yeah. Um, also, the actual Branch Davidians were referenced in this episode, um, and although... David Koresh is not the only source of inspiration for Benjamin Cyrus. The plot is largely a mirror of the siege at Waco. Yeah. Um, the investigation into Cyrus for sexual abuse and battery um, or, or sexual abuse and statutory rape. I don't know where battery came from. Um, him marrying a minor with her parents consent, um, a reporter inadvertently compromising this planned raid, which turns into a shootout. Yep. Um, explosives are detonated and the fireball even resembles the fireball that erupted during the conflagration of the Branch Davidian compound. So there's a lot of similarities between this case and the episode it's based on. Um, the only, like, not the only, but one of the main big differences is that Koresh died by suicide and in this episode one of the agents one of the characters uh Derek Morgan my mother's future ex-husband Shamar Moore uh killed Cyrus okay so that's that now next up we have the company and it is on Criminal Minds season seven episode 20 it aired april 11 2012 as an 8.1 out of 10 on imdb guest stars include shanola hampton v from shameless we know her we love her She's oh the yeah best. yeah yeah love v kevin v oh my faves um we also have chad l coleman who was on the wire the walking dead yep. um he's had a very storied career and then we have speaking yeah, of storied career Erica Gimple, who was the, she was on the original series fame, like the TV series, and she played Coco Hernandez, and that was like an 80s series for our younger listeners who didn't have a lot of TV land access. Um, Synopsis, though. This time, the BAU heads to Chicago, Illinois, where that FBI agent I actually just mentioned, Morgan has a personal case that they're going to work on. Uh, His older sister, Desiree, spotted their cousin Cindy with an unknown man who went into hiding eight years ago after being stalked by this guy, John Hitchens. Cindy never made it to her safe space, like her safe place. She went missing en route, 
and was thought to have been murdered by this guy Hitchens, who committed suicide two weeks after Cindy disappeared. So Morgan had actually just reported to his family that she had been, uh, that her remains had basically been found as part of another case, even though it wasn't true, but he just wanted them to stop, like, torturing themselves. And so then he's like, whoops, I lied. Um, and that's a whole thing. Hijinks ensue. Not really. Okay. It's it's sad. But when the team starts their investigation, they find that there is evidence that Ford, the one guy, I'm trying to figure out how to explain this to you in such a way. Basically, there is evidence that the guy that killed himself was actually killed. He did not kill himself. Okay. Um, and that the gun was not purchased by by the guy that killed himself, but by a, a, a guy, Malcolm Ford. Turns out that Malcolm Ford and Cindy are now on the run and that he is involved in an organization called The Company, which deals with enslaving women. The primary okay. challenge the team faces is to try to get through years of conditioning that uh, that Cindy has endured and that has fractured her psyche into believing that she is this guy's slave. The company will kill everyone she loves if she protests, if she does anything. Yeah. Um, and so it makes her out to seem to be a willing partner of his. Yeah. Um, so that is the episode all right originally i was going to say that i didn't believe that this was a real case because scantron rules say that we should have had a null when by now pixie yeah <laughs> and then you said the comp the name of the episode was the company and i believe that's also the name of the business in the 90s movie the game you know that michael douglas movie the game Don't. that the guy's like a strange brother hires this uh the company to like make his life into like this sort of game and like people are dying it's like this this whole oh, crazy shit. thing so i was like maybe it's based on that but then as you keep explaining about a girl who seemed to be a willing participant in maybe her own kidnapping was kind of like uh uh, Stockholm syndrome to believe that something could be going on. I'm thinking because I think I did this episode, so I think it's Colleen Stan. There's a couple girls in boxes, unfortunately, <laughs> that we've talked about, and I think it's Colleen Stan. Haley's stance is so defensive. I wish people could see. Um, now she's making air biscuits. <laughs> I'm making air biscuits. <laughs> I'm real fucking pissed because it is Colleen Stan. Fuck yeah. God damn it. I knew I made this too Fuck easy. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so you're saying it's a real case? I am saying it's a real case because I did um, the episode on it. We just glossed it. right over that. You did. As soon as you said, and I think I did the episode on this, I was like, fuck. Um, so yes, this case was inspired by the kidnapping of hitchhiker Colleen Stan by the couple, Jam Jam or I can't say it for whatever reason, Cameron and Janice Hooker. Uh, they kept her locked up for 23 hours every day. And in the one hour that she was allowed out of, as Haley alluded to, her box, uh, she was sexually abused. So overall, horrific and terrifying. Um, but what 
the reason why Stan agreed to be their slave was because they convinced her of an evil organization called the company that would torture her and her family if she did not comply. Yeah. Um, the key difference between the case and the show, though, is that the company is portrayed as being a real organization. Um, but in actuality, it's it's not real. Like, it's truly... Yeah, they had completely made it up just to have yes. control over her. Yeah. Yes. But even in this episode, the unsub Malcolm Ford used the same sort of sensory deprivation box. It was just like a box on Cindy's head as opposed to like yeah, a whole a whole box, box. For, yeah, for her whole body. Yes. Um, but yes, a box to keep her submissive. Um, yeah. To keep his, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, kidnappy. I can't think of the right word, but... To keep her submissive um and yeah that is that is that case um we do have an episode more, yeah yes we have an do, episode about it we do. I don't know it's what episode, episode number 164 okay do. um don't worry baby i got you way but back yes. in the day we talked about that way back in the day the disay if you will so next up we have brothers hotchner okay this is OG Criminal Minds, Season 8, Episode 23, which aired on May 22nd, 2013, um, has a 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb, and guest stars, there's a few of them, but the main one, the one that we love the most, Mark fucking Hamill, baby. He's in it oh. for a minute. It's the, it. it's it's a It's a lead up to... And a, a a finale, but like, oh, the man, the myth, the Luke Skywalking legend, Mark Hamill. Um, so the synopsis for this episode, while Hotch, who I said before, um, that is Thomas Gibson and his son Jack are in New York visiting Hotch's girlfriend, Beth. Hotch receives a telephone call from his estranged brother, Sean, who he has not heard from in years. Quick aside, Sean didn't even show up for Hotch's wife Haley's funeral, which was like not a cool move. No. Um, show up for your for your siblings. That's my palate cleanser. Show up for your siblings' spouses' funerals. Like, yeah. just maybe do that. So yeah, uh, Sean is now working as a bartender in a nightclub and wants Hotch's help in a death that occurred at the club, where the woman in question quickly bled out through her eyes, nose, and mouth Ugh. just before her death. Gross. Uh, and Hotch convinces the team that this death is the basis for a case when Sean tells him that his own girlfriend had recently died the same way. Whoa. The team quickly learns that these two deaths are not the only ones. Most are hitting drug users in clubs, but what confounds the team are that a few victims, such as Sean's girlfriend, were non-drug users. The drug found in each of the systems, the victim's systems is ecstasy, which they later learn that the form of the drug that killed them was a more lethal variation that had not yet hit the U.S., and they have to find the source of the drug and how it was how it was administered to such a diverse group of people to find the unsub and believe that the the basis is that bottles of wine have been contaminated. Mm. And they think that the ground zero of the case is the Edinburgh 
the club where Sean works. As such, Sean and his colleagues are considered to be suspects, and they're just trying to find out where are all these contaminated bottles of wine coming from? Dun dun. Mm. Even though there's no dun duns in this. Dun dun. I <laughs> think it sounds like episode maybe two of this podcast. The Chicago Tylenol murders. So your final answer is the Chicago Tylenol murders. Yeah. Eh. No, I used contaminated as many times as I fucking could because I knew, I knew, I knew. Because no, yes, Tylenol is a drug. Granted, it's an OTC drug, but no. They mention the Chicago Tylenol murders. They heavily reference it in the case for it be, but they say, oh, this is similar to the Chicago Tylenol okay. murders. But the main thing is that it is a drug that is being brought over from another country. And I was also they're like, thinking, yo. I was also thinking you said that it premiered in 2013, and I'm trying mm-hmm. to uh, keep track of when the episode premieres because, like, these shows like to do ripped from the headline stuff. They do. So, stuff that is, like, very, very Relatively recent. recent. Yeah. So then you were saying, like, drug, and I was like, when was, like, the big, big time for, like, fentanyl? The Nancy like, Reagan era. No. But. No, because fentanyl was, like, a more vaguely recent. still rec- not good. No, yeah. it's still not good, but I don't remember when it first started to be, like, really talked about. So I was like, maybe it's, like, that type of thing? I think that was... I th- It was in the 2010s. I would say it was a little bit later, like, mid to late 2010s that fentanyl okay. became more in the headlines. All right. Um, or maybe it was 2013. I don't know. I was growing up hella into the just say no, I prefer to get high on life type of things. So mm-hmm. I wasn't really tracking that type of shit. But nevertheless we're persisting and it it gives me absolutely no pleasure to tell you that <laughs> you got it wrong <laughs> giggles aside it's all right um, you, you uh, i don't i'm not upset with that because you uh purposefully tricked me so um, <laughs> um it's not even no a fair you have no it's idea not the even a fair like question so because now i can tell you that you know you said earlier scantron rules state well I actually went out of order because I realized Haley's going to be thinking Scantron rules. This was actually the the one where you were like Scantron rules. It was supposed to be that one. Mm. And I flipped at the last minute. Ah, bitch. <laughs> right. they, the, the hits keep coming and they don't stop coming. Next up, we have the episode Ride the Lightning. It is season one, episode 14 of the OG Criminal Minds oh. aired January 25th, 2006. Yeah, we still had Mandy Patinkin. Um, it has an 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Okay. I know. It stars Michael Massey, who is Fun Boy in The Crow, which we have talked about. I can't even tell you how yeah, many, many times, times we've talked about The Crow. We've talked about The Crow in relation to haunted movie sets, in relation to the Rust shooting. Um, we, uh, It's... I don't know what it is. We just, we seem to love talking about The Crow. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, and then also we'll have to Constance do a watch along of it. We should, honestly. Yeah, that'd be yeah. cute. Let us know if that's interesting. Um, so it also stars Constance Towers, who is a huge name on the Broadway circuit. Uh, she was in the, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Not adaptation, Haley. What is it? Help me. Revival? When, yes, thank you. Love you. 
Um, words? No. So she was in the revival of The King and I, okay. opposite Yule Brenner. Kiss Me Kate, Camelot, just a fuck ton of shows. Um, she was also on General Hospital for a fairly long stint. And also she was in The Next Karate Kid with our girl wow. Hilary Swank and Pat Morita. But yeah, it's got some it's got some good people in it. And the synopsis is Hillary Dixon is the 13th and the latest victim found of the convicted mass murderers Sarah Jean and Jacob Dawes, who butchered blonde teenage girls 15 years earlier. Hillary's body was just found buried at the property of Sarah Jean Dawes's mother. And the Dawes's are currently on death row at Florida State Penitentiary. The BAU go to interview them before their execution, which is coming in less than two days, to find out if there are more yet undiscovered victims. And going in, they know that Jacob Dawes is a sexual psychopath, but Sarah Jean has always been a bit more of a wild card. She never really defended herself, but she did conf- but but neither confessed to the actual murders beyond that of their two-year-old son Riley, who was seen by Jacob as a liability. Riley's body was never found. As the BAU go through their individual interviews with the Dawes, they begin to believe that Sarah Jean is innocent. However, they have to learn why she isn't defending herself or if she is hiding other vital information, such as what's going on with Riley. Is he actually dead? the end hmm that is very interesting the entire time i was waiting for it to sound like a case i recognized like right off the bat and i i just didn't but you said it's season one right this is season one yeah so Um, i feel like these shows january 25th 2006 yeah i feel like these shows like always start out as being ripped from the headlines things. So I mm-hmm. want to say that this is based on a true story, but I, for the life of me, cannot figure out what that story would be. It's like a murderous couple. It's not. But it's uh, not a murderous couple. Because Rose <laughs> is confessing to doing it, but they're like, doesn't seem like she actually did this so who is she protecting who is she what is she trying to hide who is she trying to hide protecting mm. 2006 i don't know maybe protecting her child and it's a uh what's her name florida mom murderer casey anthony yeah no. But I think that happened later on. It happened, yeah. That was 2008, 9, 10? Uh, like I want to say... God, I want to say it was like 7 or 8, but... It was when we were in high school. 2008. Yeah, 2008, so this would have been mm. before that. Dude, I'm just going to say that it is not a real case, because I cannot think of it. Okay. You're wrong, but okay. Yeah. What case uh, is it? This case is loosely based on the case of Fred and Rose West. Really? Really, Fred really. And, Fred and Rose West actually did do it. They did actually do it. Um, and they sucked. They did suck. They killed dozens of young British girls. 
Fred was found guilty. He died in prison, but he claimed he acted alone. Despite this, Rose was also sent to prison. And the biggest difference is that the Rose character was innocent in the episode, but asked to be allowed to be executed so that her child, Riley, who was alive, would never learn who she and her husband were. Um, In reality, most people are like, yeah, no, Rose was guilty. Yeah. But yeah. And they actually did kill their daughter. They actually did kill their daughter. They didn't just lie about it. Um, Next up, we have the 13th step. Okay. That's, um, what's his name? Show. 13th step. Who the fuck? I don't know. It's not 13 reasons why that we did an episode on that. (laughs) Or it makes me think of his bar in Philly called 12 Steps Down. And there's a 13th i know there's a thirsty 13th step um there's a thirsty 13th step thir- no 13th I know, step but I like bar that better. in the city that's fun hold on i'm searching it all right while you search i'm gonna give you info about the episode so this is another og criminal minds episode uh season six episode 13 um it has a 7.4 oh <laughs> i'm totally wrong it's the 39 steps is the play by alfred hitchcock oh okay i was like okay, yeah so where's she the going 13th with this step whatever okay yeah go ahead yes it has a 7.4 out of 10 on imdb and its air date is january 26th 2011 mm-hmm. and it guest stars adrian palicki adrian palicki um not entirely sure how to pronounce her name but i've seen it on plenty of title cards because if you're looking for like well first of all she starred in friday night lights but if you are looking for a like 2000s 2010s actiony movie and they need a hot blonde adrian palicki was typically involved in some way shape or form um it also stars or guest stars jonathan tucker who people may know from the virgin suicides charlie's angels the one with Kristen stewart um he was in I want to say he was in Westworld. Like you'll you'll know, you'll absolutely know his face if you see it because it's he was in Westworld. I just looked. Um, go me. So yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff. He's got a very memorable, recognizable face. Not a terrible face, actually. If I'm putting it out there. Um, but getting into the synopsis of this. The BAU travels to Montana to investigate a mass murder shooting at a gas station. By witness accounts, it's a young female male couple. Evidence at the scene suggests that they are newlyweds and that the shooting was not planned, but that the shooter's primary need was to please each other. The BAU knows that they will kill again. When the unsubs end up going on a killing spree after an alcoholic support group meeting, They believe that the unsubs are recovering alcoholics themselves who met at one of these meetings, but have violated what is known as the 13th step of getting involved with another person in the program. Piecing together the clues, they're able to identify the male of the couple as Ray Donovan, not the show. And ultimately, the female couple is Sydney Manning. Knowing their their identities leads them to know who their next intended hit is. And the result is a standoff with innocent hostages involved using the knowledge of ray being a psychopath or a sociopath and sydney being a psychopath they try to end the standoff and i'll leave you to figure out how the standoff ends where the sidewalk ends but 
it's a couple. Yeah, it's a murderous they couple. A skill and pre. A skill and pre. Yeah, skill and pre. Can't, can't, just not doing it today. A murderous couple that I know that went on a killing spree just off the top of the dome here is uh, Charles Starkweather and Carol Ann Fugate. So that's my first thought. Because Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka didn't really go on a killing spree. Mm. Um, I'm giving you nothing. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to go with Starkweather and Fugate. And God damn it, you would be correct. Yeah. <laughs> Who I could have sworn we talked about. Did we not? We did. I couldn't we did, find an We episode. did a Killer Couples episode. That was it. I think it's I episode like, no, 50 or something like that. We did. No, it was, um, what do you call it? It was episode 50. <laughs> um, I don't know why I said no, when actually, yes, it was. Uh, yeah, I wasn't actually, even looking at the fucking thing. I am so good. If you're listening to this on Tuesday. If you're listening. Sorry. I have no it. idea what that was. It was Jimmy Orr. <laughs> I have no clue what that was. That was sweetness by Jimmy Eat World. It was stuck in my head for like two days. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, Maybe I still 50. am sick. <laughs> oh, girl, you sick. Maybe I'm not um, alive. Oh, take me with you. So don't. Everybody stay alive. Um, no one's allowed to die. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> you know what? It's a sing-along episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm reconsidering. Um, episode 50. Funnily enough, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, don't. Um, do listen, but I'm telling Haley, don't. Don't sing. Oh, yeah. Don't make me sing. <laughs> oh, I couldn't possibly. Ah. I couldn't possibly. Um, so, epi- this episode, Killer Couples, that we did, five years ago? Five years ago yep. today that, on that the 12th. people are listening? Five wow. years ago on February 12th, which, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, was yesterday. Wow. Calendar math. But yeah, so this Time was keeps on, on slipping, slipping, slipping. Just because you're not singing it doesn't mean that, <laughs> that you're... <laughs> I'm going like, to try to put song lyrics into the rest of my answers for the That's night. actually really... That's that's. I wish you didn't say it, because that would have been a good bit. Yeah. Um. I highly encourage it still. Maybe we can have Elliot cut it out and see if anybody else notices. Um, so this episode was based on Charles Starkweather and Carolyn Fugate's crimes. In reality, Starkweather was the aggressor at the start, not Fugate. They flip it um, yeah. in the episode. Uh, he killed Carol's family, and then they went on a killing spree with a total of 11 victims. Um, of, like, this episode it was more aligned with oliver stone's retelling of the story in natural born killers than the actual killings by starkweather and fugate okay um the biggest differences between this episode and the actual case are that carolyn fugate was only 14 years old irl and that both people that are both the characters in this episode they end up dying at the end but in real life, Starkweather was executed and Fugate served 17 years in prison. Mm. So, yeah. We got we got two more here, baby. Okay. Next up, we have... I'm doing better than I thought. You're doing better. You're definitely doing better. 
Next up, we have The Tribe. Okay. It's another season one banger. Season one, episode 16, which aired March 8th, 2006. It has a 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb. It stars Robert Curtis Brown, a.k.a. You, you don't know him, but you know his face, because he is the father of Sharpay and Ryan Evans from High School Musical. Okay. Uh, and then also that was very under or underwhelming, but also I think I saw it once when it came out. God, I, I don't know what you were doing. Um, and uh, honestly, thinking about the dates and the timelines of the High School Musical trilogy, uh, because it is, it is a trilogy. Um, I don't want to know. <laughs> yep. So, and then it also has Skylar Shea, who had a stint on Grey's Anatomy, but if you are like me, you know her the best from the Bratz movie. No. God, you're killing me, Hale. So, the episode synopsis, Hotch gets a visit from his brother, Sean. We've talked about Sean before. Okay. Um, And he plans to abandon his plan to study law like Hotch and their late father did. And meanwhile, five students at the age of 19 are found horribly murdered in a vacant house in Terra Mesa, New Mexico. Unbound, skinned alive, one impaled alive, traditional Native American torture methods. That is what this synopsis says. Oh, okay. Um, that is what they d- identify it as in the episode, I guess is what I should be saying. Okay. Uh, the team quickly suspects it must be the collective work of a quote-unquote pack First, they consider the local reservation policeman, Benjamin Blackwood's son, John, a teacher noted for native activism. His tracker skills on the murder site concludes it was not the work of real Native Americans because no tribe practiced these methods. Okay. But he agrees to act as a consultant. And as the killers were probably not native, but wanted to make it seem as though... um, the next suspects are the heavily armed ADU, who was found, which was founded by the local businessman Roy Minton, mainly recruiting from construction to fight the Native American land claims that are being thrown around mm. at them. Um, a fingerprint belonging to a sixth student, Ingrid Greason, is found, and her parents say that they didn't even know she was missing because she just did not live with them. After her father, Peter, follows the team's advice to call for her release on TV, they get a call from the kidnappers, two ex-cons, who surrender and show the van she is in after promising nothing is to, after they, they get a promise that nothing will be told to her father. They would have paid them to kidnap his daughter without hurting her. They know nothing about the murders. Ingrid stopped following courses over a year ago. Hotch finds Peter hired a deprogrammer and concludes that Ingrid had to be kidnapped because she was in a cult. The hunt for the cult is on after Ingrid tells what she learned inside the cult about the self-proclaimed Apaches led by grandfather. Like the guy, the leader of this cult goes by grandfather. So they try Um, to blame crimes on Native Americans. And then it's like, no, it ain't. Yeah. It's a cult. Oof. All right. So that I was really hoping it was fake because that's just like a lot, but it's sounding kind of Manson-ish of like you want to start this race where you want to think that 
this crime was done by a certain type of person. Like, you staged it as such, and then it turns out it's not done by that. It's done by some other type of cult. So I'm going with Manson murders. And you would be correct. Yeah. I'm not I like surprised. How they, I like how they didn't, like, exactly follow the Manson storyline, because we've seen that on a lot of, like, these procedural shows. Yes. I Like, I was pleasantly like surprised that they kind of modernized it yeah. a little bit made it made it less less ripped from the headline yeah uh just just lightly torn um but yeah no this torn by uh natalie and bruglia i hate natalie you. And bruglia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nobody could see just the the just the pain expression on my face. yes yeah. um so Yes, out of all of the Criminal Minds episodes that are based on real cases, this is arguably the most famous. Um, it is based on the Manson family and specifically their helter-skelter scheme, which yep. I was struggling to say. But that's where the cult tried to start a race war in the late 60s. They like made allusions to the Black Panthers. They really were just like trying to get black people and white people to go to war against each other. Yeah. Um, in this episode... The leader has his quote unquote tribe kill people on his orders and one by one Hotch and the police are able to stop these tribe members, these cult members and end up arresting the Manson-esque character and his remaining followers. And this is also similar to Charles Manson in that he lived out the rest of his days in prison, Mm. which... You know, say what you want. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what we should have done with this guy, but yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we got one more. We got one more. Um, this final one is called "Our Darkest Hour," and it is the finale of season five. So, season five. Episode 23, it aired on May 26th, 2010, and has a 7.9 out of 10 on IMDb. And, oh golly, are there guest stars. Okay. We've it's a got, finale, there's gotta be. It's, exactly. Um, it's got Linda Pearl. We're going in, we're going in like a wackadoodle order. Um, we've got Linda Pearl, who... I don't know how many people are going to know. Do you remember Mighty Joe Young? Also, Vaguely. can you hear my ice maker? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was Michael just knocking around. No, it's my no ice maker knocking for around. Our, Mighty our 350 Joe Young. plus episode <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know how, how they do. Um, or or as, uh, as one says, just as, as you do, as you do. Um, so Mighty Joe Young was arguably my awakening to Charlie's Throne. Okay. But Bill Paxton and Linda Pearl were in that as well. Um, she also played the role of Louis in The King and I in Japanese, 
Bet in Oliver and Helen Keller in the Miracle Worker at the Imperial Hotel in Tokyo. She was actually born in Greenwich, Connecticut and raised in Japan. Wow. Um, but yeah, so she's you'd know her face. The minute you saw her face, you'd be like, oh, I know her. Uh, we also have Eric Close, who people may recognize from Suits. If you watched Suits, mm-hmm. um, he's been in several Hallmark movies. And he was on Nashville for a spell, the the show. And he was also in American Sniper, but do we really care about American Sniper? No. No. Next up, we have Robert Davi. Okay. You know his face. You, Haley, know his face. Sure. Uh, people may know him from the Goonies. He was one of the, the he was one of... Uh, what's his name's brothers in the Goonies? Sloth. Um, okay. He was in Die Hard. He was in License to Kill. The one of the uh, Timothy, uh, what's his name, the Sir Timothy Dalton um, James Bond movies. It's just he's got one of those faces where like he's played many many a bad guy. He's got that face. But finally, little known actor. By the name of Tim Curry. <gasps> love Isn't myself this? some Tim Curry. Ah, oh, love me some Tim Curry. Like, let me count the ways. We've got Rocky Horror. We've got the show that scarred me as a child. It. We've got Muppet Treasure Island. Because, of course, anybody who's, like, down with the Muppets is all right by me. I'm just going to say. The, if you the love Penguin the Muppets, movie. We've got the Penguin movie. I don't know which one you're talking about. I'm going to be real. But he was in Clue, uh, which I love. My sister, my sister knows the title right off the top. He was in Fern Gene. Gully. He was um, in Fern Gully. He was, he was the like sexually ambiguous like tar creature in Fern Gully. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. What the hell is the name of the goddamn fucking The Pebble and the movie? Penguin? Pebble and the Penguin. Yes. Okay. That's, my brother, that's one of my brother's favorite movies. And I was like, I mean, maybe I she Pebble means this. Penguin. I don't remember him being it. Was he Drake? He's the mean guy. Yeah. Okay. I, I like I truly I remember hardly I remember like names. I remember plot points. I don't remember voices, but I Yeah, his name is Drake. Brother, it? Yeah. Yeah. Argue, you can watch it for and, free on Tubi. Okay, I know what I'm doing after this. <laughs> it's a it, it it holds up, I would say. My brother really loves it. Um so yeah. So finally we we're going to get to the synopsis of this. In two separate incidents, an unsub has raped and or killed in Los Angeles, California during a blackout. The first mm. victims, two females, were raped, tortured, and then killed in the downtown area. Three days later in the suburbs, a woman in her home is raped repeatedly in front of her husband, the latter whom was ultimately killed. The wife was purposefully kept alive. These incidents continue to take place in whatever area of the city is experiencing rolling blackouts and Garcia, their like tech person, she's the best. She determines that the unsub has been at work for at least 26 years, raping and murdering exclusively during blackouts. The individual incidents never having been connected since he has never killed in the same city consecutively until now that he is in Los Angeles. Dun, dun, dun. In speaking to the detectives in charge, the BAU makes a connection to one of the first killings as the reason the unsub has returned to Los Angeles. From there, 
they think they know who the target the next target will be and have to rush to reach the target before the unsub does and this carries over into actually the season six episode one um Ooh, it was a cliffhanger it was a cliffhanger and it was a good cliffhanger like tim curry knows how to be creepy of and course yeah it's just it's it's a good so again we've got killer we got blackouts we got la la um la and yeah um and i will i will give you another one actually the nickname that they gave billy flynn the killer played by tim curry of course is the prince of darkness yeah so it sounds like it sounds like richard ramirez but I, was also I like that thinking, you're squinting trying to read my facial expression. No, because it sounded like Richard. I was like, is it Richard Ramirez? Is it uh, East Area Rapist, original Night Stalker? I'm going with Richard Ramirez. And you're going home with a brand new car or whatever it is that winners get. You're a winner, baby. <gasps> Yay. I was yes. almost going to say that it was uh, not a real case because you only had one that wasn't real. So Scantron rule I says did. we needed to I, have another one. I did it on purpose. I wanted to make uh, this is this is as close to like the cat and mouse of like deranged so many people as doubt. I can get. Yes. <laughs> Um, this is, this is as unhinged as I can possibly get. So what I should have done, honestly, is been like, one of these is fake, pick it, and then just never, never give you a fake one. Yeah. Um, maybe in the future, we'll see. But yeah, so this episode isn't just regarded as one of the best in Criminal Minds history. Um, it, like I said, it was the season five cliffhanger at a 7.9, season six, Episode one had an eight titled The Longest Night. Damn. Um, yeah, it's 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 Tim Curry. E- everything he touches, you know. Um, but it was inspired by Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. The Night Stalker, a serial killer convicted of 13 murders in the 80s. Um, between 1984 and 1985, Ramirez killed his victims to support his drug addiction and was found to have murdered a nine year old girl. Uh, though this wasn't discovered until 2009 when his DNA matched a sample from the crime scene. Uh, he would also leave symbols at the crime scenes indicating that he was into Satanism. He reportedly asked or told his victims to quote unquote swear on Satan while killing them. And finally, after he left a survivor who ID'd him, he was captured. We all know the story. People chased him in the streets. It was a whole fucking thing. And we've never you don't felt know, such a sense of community. I was getting there to episode number. Yeah, please let me know what it is. Go ahead. I know what it is, but I want you to tell me. Uh, 105. Ooh, close though. 90. Okay. Um, but yes, you can listen to episode 90. Um, Richard Ramirez, the only difference between, well, there are several differences, obviously, but one of the main differences between this episode and the case is that Richard Ramirez died while on death row, while in Criminal Minds, Tim Curry, Billy Flynn, the Prince of Darkness, uh, was shot and killed by Agent Derek Morgan. All right. And that, my love, is it. That's the end of your torture. Thanks for or that. Or is it? 
You're da, da, da. welcome. Um. All right. Before Just in we time leave, for, I think the end of the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm I was trying looking. to. I was trying to keep track to see if I have to listen to Taylor Swift anymore. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think the Chiefs just won. Of course. The power of Taylor Swift. Oh, yep, great. Of course they won. Yep. I can't wait to tell my dad that Taylor Swift's boyfriend is going to be even more famous now that she told him how to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and apparently everyone's going to vote for Joe Biden because Taylor Swift was at the Super Bowl. I don't know. There was some weird uh, Fox News conspiracy theory. Okay. I didn't really pay attention to it because it had to with taylor swift and also the super bowl i was about um, six it had to do with fox news like yeah i mean those three things fine. combined boros noro get me out of here if but, if the national Enquirer was a television channel yeah it would still be more reputable than fox news yeah do you have a palate cleanser i have several but I will limit it to one, and I am not stalling for time. I really do have several. Okay. Um, no, but actually. Um, Michael and I had a lovely opportunity to go this past weekend and see the Mowgli's okay. um, on Saturday. And it was lovely. They actually broke up a while back. They reunited for one night only. Um, it was supposed to just be so, like a like a few. For those who don't know, the Mowgli's were like a big, uh, like so the the genre in question is referred to as Peace Core, Peace C O R E, um, band. They were big in the 2010s, and then they broke up. I want to say 2020, um, and then you know they their track. San Francisco is what they're best known for. They it was recently in Guardians of the Galaxy three. They reunited for one night only uh, the other night, and we went to go see them. Nice. And it was lovely. It was such a fun time. Um, the blushes opened up for them, and honestly, that's where I guess my my double palette cleanser comes in because if you like if you like like Peace Corps type music, oh the Mowgli's, check them out. If you like punky feminist, like they look super sweet and then they're like, get your fucking hands off my fucking body, that type of music, the blushes. All right. Oh my God. Also, apparently, like children really like them on TikTok, which if you listen to any of their songs, you will be like, mmm, children shouldn't be listening to this. Um, one of the children in question asked if she could tell me my fortune with one of those like folded paper pinchy things yeah that you used to be able to do in middle school uh and my fortune was that the blushes will be so it's like most of their songs are about sex for example or like they use they use a heavy amount of cuss words it's one or the other so this small child read my fortune and i'm sitting there like how does she know these songs because oh my and my fortune for those who are wondering, was the blushes will write a song for Frozen Three. <laughs> All right, and I was like, you know what? I really love this. <laughs> I like that. That's my I'm fortune. On board. Um. So yeah. So I don't know what that has to do with my fortune, but I guess catch me in Frozen Three. Uh, this is my formal announcement that I will be in <laughs> Frozen Three since that's the fortune I got. Perfect. Was that they'll be in it, so that must mean that I'm gonna be in it. And that there's going to be a third one 
we're learning so many things from those paper there fortune is. tellers. Did they just uh, announce it? Oh, did they? I have no fucking idea. Did. All I know. I thought they announced Zootopia 2, oh, Frozen fuck 3, yeah. and there's Try like one everything. other one that they're, they, they announced. But. If you haven't seen... All right, I'm adding on a palate cleanser. If you haven't seen Zootopia, ah, watch Zootopia. It's, it's such a great movie. It's a delight. Also, Turning Red. Turning Red made me... I, I'm pretty sure I used that as a palate cleanser at one point. Turning Red made me sob like a baby. Yeah. And immediately just be like i'm so thankful for my friends and it's also the other day was the lunar new year so it's it's yeah, yeah like watch turning topical. red yes exactly topical actually i might do that at the end of this because it's been a while since i've watched it and it's a delight it's been a while <sighs> i have to go pee and also yeah, i just gotta go i drank a full coke and a full water before Hell like as yeah. we were as we were uh uh, recording this so we love I am, hydration my eyes are floating as my mom would say um <laughs> all right lisa's also my palate cleanser i have so many yeah. palate cleansers i found a picture oh. of lisa the other day on some trip that you took that you sent me and lisa was there probably utah it, it was probably utah yeah um because there were a lot of rocks but truly yep, i was like clearing out. out i was clearing out my photos deleting a bunch and i was like no 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 lisa lisa must be kept yeah we need to preserve Lisa. Um, but yeah. But yeah. That's uh, us. Anyone want to do a half podcast host meetup at the Gorge on Labor Day weekend? I will be there um, seeing Dave. Oh, fuck. So. Yeah. If anybody else wants to do it. Actually, I don't know. What if I'm we going. have any crime cultures, Dave Matthews crossover fans, first of all, why haven't you spoken up yet? And second <laughs> of all, if you go to the Gorge, I'll give you a fist bump Hell yeah. um yeah i really have to go pee so uh we Hydration's gave all the plugs important. facebook instagram twitter uh crime culture podcast at gmail dot crime culture pod at gmail.com crime culture podcast at tumblr.com yes and be nice we'll drink your water go we'll pee. see you next tuesday bye, bye.